When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue, and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hello and welcome. It's our bonus Q&A episode of Books of the Year. We're here in the studio with author Kylie Reid, whose current book we have just discussed uh, and is available in our uh, previous podcast. Come and get it. The mint green cover. Mint green. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, So, Kylie, what is the last book that you really, really underlined in italics and bold enjoyed reading? All right, I'm going to take the joy part of enjoyed and and lead with that. Okay. I read Heartburn by Nora Ephron, her one novel, and it is the most delightful book. And the fact that it's about a woman who discovers her husband is cheating on her when she's seven months pregnant, the fact that you can find joy and tenderness out of that, I think is really spectacular. Her writing just pops off the page. It's so fun. I don't think anyone does a romantic comedy like she does. And I did the Audible version, which is read by Meryl Streep, and it's oh, wow. unsurprisingly very, very good. Are you a fan of audio? So we're just off topic here, but on the subject of audiobooks, I'm just starting to do them again. Uh, and when you get the right book with the right mm-hmm. voice, that's very powerful. It is so powerful. And I am now an Audible person because I have a daughter and that just was the way that I was reading. And now I have my favorite Audible narrators, Dion Graham in particular. I'll read anything that he does. He does James Baldwin's whole catalog, which is wonderful. He did The Wager. I don't know if you read that one as well, with the big 1700 ship. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, ab- yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. He's incredible. I would have never picked up a book about a shipwreck unless Dion Graham was narrating it. Yeah, he's wonderful. So he's the guy, is he? Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, I've got... In fact, I've got a hard book and a paperback yeah. of that. It's great. But now I think I, <laughs> you need to I buy don't need either format. of those. What I want is what you I need. You have all three. Okay. Yeah. So just on Nora Ephron, so the book Heartburn, is that it's, – I'm guessing it's funny because it's Nora. It's so, funny, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I had no idea she'd done a novel. So it's was this – A novel, yeah. Okay. Was this during her screenwriting work or was this before or – That's a great what? question. I have no idea what no. its placement was. It was suggested to me on Audible and I ate it up and it's just – there's songs in it. There's recipes in it. It's about food. It's it's a great book. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. So, so your recommendation. So, and that's an audible recommend. So that's a that's an audio book recommendation. That's an audible mm-hmm. book recommendation. Okay. Heartburn or Efron. Um, do you work well to deadlines? Do you need a deadline, or will you just ignore them? I would never ignore a deadline. <laughs> She's a professor. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. I love a deadline. 
I time is very important yeah. to me. My students know this. You need to be in my class and your stuff needs to be in my inbox uh-huh. on time. Um, <laughs> I, I Can you tell? <laughs> yes. yes. Right now. I feel as I'm in your class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that adhering to time just really helps my work. But I'm also really obsessed with how time works in a novel as well. Time just is is a huge part of my personality, I think. And yeah, deadlines help me a lot. Do you know the Douglas Adams quote about deadlines? I don't. He said, I love deadlines. I love the whooshing sound they make as they go flying past. Oh God, no. He was no. he was like the worst ever. You know, he was yeah. just absolutely terrible with deadlines. But deadlines are wonderful. Okay. De- so there you go. Absolutely <laughs> the word. Um, so we're big fans of libraries here on the podcast. Talk about libraries. In fact, I my, maintain that librarians should probably run the world, especially mm-hmm. school librarians who are on the front line. Anyway, and they're much maligned. When was Do you use libraries? Do you go into... I imagine the University of Michigan has got a fantastic library and that your students can always find you in there uh, studying. Oh, God, where no, where do libraries fit in into office. your life? I love libraries very much. And now that I have a daughter, too, I love libraries even more. How old is she? She's 21 months now. And so she's 21. (laughs) 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 But I love libraries. And I wrote so much of such a fun age in the Fayetteville Public Library. They have a room that has maybe 100 foot ceilings. And the wood is carved like the inside of a book spine on the ceiling. So it's like you're inside of a book. It's very beautiful. And I just got to revisit it and do a talk for about 500 people when I was there last week, which was a great full circle moment. Okay. So um, you're, and if you had a favorite library, would that be the one it's you'd the choose? It's a public library. Okay, it's we can't actually get there very often. No, we can't. I'm you know, so we'll sorry. Bear that in mind. But I'm, I'm intrigued as to why that library, just because it was so aesthetically gorgeous or because it was silent. What was it about that library that, that was helping you to write? It is aesthetically gorgeous. There's something about libraries that's really great that, it's one of the few shared resources that everyone uses. And so it's people who are like me and applying to grad school or someone who doesn't have a computer at home and that's their internet time while they are there. The librarians are so on top of it and it runs like a machine. Um, they offer so many things. I love libraries that offer um, cooking supplies that you can take home. That library also offers art that you can rent out and put up for six months wow. and go home. Yeah, they're really great. This is very different to the libraries I've been used to. No one's offered to give me a whisk or, or anything else. No. painting. <laughs> and, I, and I would imagine just incorporating two of the questions that the idea of handing a book back late Oh, God, never, never. never. Crime. Never. (laughs) Okay, Uh, do you have, we talked about the library there, do you have a favourite place to write? Is is there somewhere where you go, this is my spot, this is where I write? Uh, It's probably my office. Pretty simple. Well, see, here's the thing. I wrote Such a Fun Age. Which is your previous book. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, my previous book, On the Floor Next to a, a, a Heater. And my, I now have to go to the chiropractor because of that. So my favorite place to write is the floor. My appropriate place to write is my my desk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever said the floor. I oh. love the floor, but it's terrible for me, so I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I it that. feels it feels like because it can't possibly have been comfortable sitting on the floor. It feels like you had a day where you were like everything was clicking. Yes. And, and yes. so, and then you, it's a bit like, you know, footballers who, when they play a really good game and realise, oh, I put my socks on last. Uh-huh. The, 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 that game, I put my socks on. So from now on, I'm always putting my socks yep. on last. 
So were you sitting on the floor because you just happened to have one day where everything clicked? Probably, probably. I had to recreate the magic. Yeah. And, then, and my body paid. The price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. And then your body clicked. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, we uh, often like to um, surprise um, our guests with a question from a fellow uh, author and fan. We have a voice note here from oh. uh, Yomi Adagoki. Hi, Simon and Matt, and hello, Kylie. As you know, Such a Fun Age was a huge inspiration for my debut novel, The List. So my question is, were there any books that inspired the writing of your new book, Come and Get It? Well, you I guess you've mentioned some of them. I have. That's so nice of you. Okay. I'm trying to think of a few others that it weren't that weren't directly related that inspired Come and Get It. I, I do have to bring up Freedom by Jonathan Franz. And again, mm. that was one, the way that the chapters worked. Also, you know, it's completely different, but Colson Whitehead's book, um, The Underground Railroad. Oh, what a book that is. The, yeah, the variation in the chapters was really inspiring. And the way that he did structure, I was thinking of that book a lot when I was doing the structure of Come and Get It. I'm trying to think if there were any others involved in there. I read a lot of um, um, campus policy books that were very boring. Yes, they sound boring. Yeah, they were terrible. (laughs) I wanted to make sure I was doing everything right. Um, There's a few things with dogs in this book, and my husband taught animal law for a second. So I read a book all about animal law, which was so boring, but led me to a few insights about this book. Animal law. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> what's animal law? <laughs> like you can take my husband's class if you ever. Okay, in right. So, um, it's like you know, if a dog bites you, what what happens? Oh, and 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 if a police officer shoots a dog, what's going on? I don't know why. I thought that that would lead me to the truth of my novel. It didn't, but I'm glad that I read it. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, you just mentioning Underground Railroad. I, th- I I finished that book when I, I was on holiday, had a family holiday in Iceland, and I was up first. I went down to breakfast and I finished the book. And just because it felt like the right thing to do, I went on Twitter and I added Colson Whitehead, who doesn't know me from Adam, obviously. Just said, just finished, you know, one of the most extraordinary books. And he was clearly on at the same time, and he just messaged back saying, "Hey, thanks, Simon. You know, <laughs> You're just buddies." Which yeah. was, but, but it was just absolutely blown away. You know that there I was in Iceland, and there's Colson Whitehead, yeah. wherever he was. Yeah. <laughs> we were just having uh, having this conversation. But what a mate! Do you know him? I've met him once, and he was very lovely. But I don't know him. Okay, I've spoken to him via Twitter. <laughs> I think you guys are close. Yes, very close. Al- almost the same. Um, is there a character or pro- plot line that you wish you'd come up with that you're jealous with? All right, the one that really stands out to me is I remember the night that I read Gone Girl, and I said mm. I have to know what happens. Mm. There's that. That's what I want to give readers so often is that pull of like I cannot put this down. And that nice little plot twist in, in Gone Girl, she's she benefited hugely from that, and she deserves all the praise. Yeah, yeah, I remember reading that on the beach in St Ives. I remember reading it there, and there is it's, it's a bit like um, the One Day book, David Nichols' book, in that 
you're going, I'm just going to have one more chapter. Yep. <laughs> just one more chapter, and then I'm going in the sea. Actually, just one more chapter, and then I'm going to go into the sea. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. And then the whole day's gone. The whole day's gone. The sunset yeah. has <laughs> already happened, and you still haven't gone in the sea. Yeah. Uh, how do you arrange your books at home, if we were to wander around? Miserably. Oh, good. They're yeah. just everywhere and they're they're mixed into my husband there's a shelf of galleys that's kind of Mm -hmm. the one lawful place um sometimes i do them by size but there's also i will say there's a small stack of books that are my absolute favorite and when i get a little bit stuck in my own writing i find myself pulling one out and saying let me just open to a random page and see what the professionals are doing right so there's no alphabet there's no subject there's no no (laughs) No. all of my orderliness goes to time and everything else is just a mess (laughs) we had john boyne on we've had him uh, on a number of times and he arranges his books geographically he has irish fiction british fiction uh, american fiction the rest of the world (laughs) you know and so he knows you know different parts of the house different geographical geographical location that's pretty great I like that. I do have a James Baldwin section because I have so many of his books. There's a children's section. Okay, uh, so there is some it? order here. It's not a yeah. little. Yeah. But most shelves are just books. <laughs> Ramshackle. Yeah. Um we've we've already talked about um Gone Girl, but do you have a favorite screen adaptation of a book? I do. I saw We Need to Talk About Kevin mm. before I read the book by Lionel Shriver, and I loved the movie so much that I went and read the book. And the book held up in a completely different way. What a haunting, sensitive, and violent book and story that is. That's definitely my favorite. Yeah. Wow. What an astonishing piece. Both of them are yeah. astonishing pieces of work. So here's your favorite uh, question. Brackett's least favorite. You're throwing a fantasy dinner party, Carly, uh-huh. and you can invite three authors, living or dead, who's coming. Now, tell us, first of all, what you think about dinner parties. I hate dinner parties. Yes. Because... I don't want to go to them. I like to go to bed at 9.30. <laughs> And I eat with my baby at five every day. Uh-huh. And so when someone's asked me, oh, do you want to go to dinner at 730? I'm like, at night? I, <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> I feel as though this is a memo to your yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, your agent, your publishers. Listen up, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kylie might be here, but she does not want to go out for I a meal. I not want to go out for a meal. But I do it sometimes. If I was going to invite any three authors... Three authors, alive or dead. Let's say they come around for lunch, if you like. Come around for a sandwich, and then they'll be gone by the time you need to talk to your kid. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is so hard. This is so, so hard. I've said his name a bunch, but I'm going to say James Baldwin. I was going to say him. you were going to say him. I think that he, there's such a it factor of poise, and, and sometimes when I've had writing lulls, I'll Google YouTube videos of him doing speeches, and he's just out of this world. Um, so James Baldwin is one. Okay. I'm going to jazz it up a little bit and say, oh, oh, okay. Probably once a year, I like to dip into a celebrity memoir, and I'm going to say Jessica Simpson. Okay. I loved her memoir. She actually gives dollars and cents and will tell you how much money she makes for a bar mitzvah, how much she made for her her father made as a pastor. And I would love to, for her and James Baldwin to have a conversation. Okay. So she's the second one. One more. Because I just listened to half of Sula and loved it on the plane, I would invite Toni Morrison as well. Wow. And do you think they get on? The three of them famously, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what would you serve? What would I serve? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I'm such a bad cook. <laughs> the reason I ask is, last time we got into one of these conversations, we dis- it was with Alex Michaelides. Yeah. He was talking about Agatha Christie, who apparently, if she came around for dinner, would only drink full-fat cream. Yeah. I've never heard of that yeah. from anyone anywhere in the world at any stage, but she would that, only... That's going to haunt me. That's mm. disgusting. Yeah. Agatha, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not serving you full... <laughs> I know you're Agatha Christie. I'm not giving you cream. Wow. Have some water. <laughs> Have some milk. Have a cup of tea. Yeah. Anything but that. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> Full-fat cream. Fair. Get wow. out of here. It's like a baby. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you chose Jessica's book because sort of celebrity memoirs are the thing that, that we will often look down on because because we think, you know, this isn't real literature uh, mm. or we think, um, you know, it's all been ghostwritten anyway. When you said um, that she, dollars and cents, what I took from that was not just you saying this is how much I'm getting paid. Dollars and cents to me says I'm going to give you everything. Yeah. And some of this, you're not going to think too well of me when I tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway because it's what happened. Exactly. And those celebrity memoirs are the ones to hunt down. I read a lot yes. of sport books and you can always you can tell within 10 pages whether someone's going to be honest or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the ones that where they do decide I'm going to be honest They'll, they'll include stories there where they don't come across well at yes. all. I, that's what you want to read. Mm. It's like you don't want to read the thing that they say in every single interview. You want them to name names. Correct. You've got to name names. You have yeah. to. Yeah. There's yeah. no point unless you're going to do it, which she does. She talks so much shit about John Mayer. It's amazing. <laughs> so I would want her and James Baldwin and Toni Morrison to have yeah. a conversation for sure. What would I serve? Mm, not cream. Honestly... I think I would just order a bunch of tacos from my favorite Mexican place, and if they don't like it, that's okay. They can leave. Yeah. Um, what are you writing next? I'm. I, I got an idea. How about uh, Christian hairstyles for women <laughs> and A to Z? <laughs> I think I would. I think I would enjoy that. I'm always writing something. I'm going to be a little bit coy about this one because it's still in the works. But if you can believe it, I'm still writing the adaptation for the Such a Fun Age film adaptation. It got so delayed from the COVID and the strike and everything else, but we have a really great team, and I have I'm I'm crossing fingers that things will go well this time. Uh, Kylie Reed's new book is Come and Get It. It's published by Bloomsbury. It's out now. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us at any time, you can email books of the year at yahoo.com or via our socials. Back next week, going to be joined by the architectural historian and author Anna Key. So that is Anna Key in the UK. Oh, that's very what it good. Is. Very Imagine good. being called Anna Key. That's yeah, your, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. your name. I uh, hope you can join us then.